Welcome back to the Sunday Recap. I'm here with Chris McLaughlin and Mitch Green. This is Ariel Eldridge back from vacation. I know hey. you guys missed me, right? Welcome back. Welcome back. <laughs> oh, thanks. thanks. We did. We we booed last week. Yeah, Aww. yeah. When, uh, you, you listened. You said I did you listened. Listen. Yeah. I forgot. Like Ariel's not here. Boo. Boo. But, but she's back today. Yeah. Luke was here, and you guys really—you always win when Luke is here. He's so fun. Well, he asked me later. Luke said, "Why?" Um, he said, "I was really hoping you were going to say we're going to cheer when Luke's here." And he said, "And you didn't do it, so I had to." <laughs> I said, "Yeah." I joined in later. This is hot. I love you, Luke. Oh man. Well, I'm excited to be back, you guys. We had a great Fourth um, of July. Did you guys do anything cool? Uh, not really. I mean, we, we got a couple small fireworks and, and shot some off out in front. And the thing is, we got little kids, and so yeah. like they have to get to bed early and things yeah. like that. But I'll tell you what, our neighbor, man, they were having a blast. They got some really big literally. fireworks. <laughs> yes, literally. <laughs> they got some pretty substantially sized uh-huh. fireworks, and we're shooting them off, you know, till like midnight. And I was like, I'm preaching the next day. And so I, I actually got my... Um, noise canceling headphones out and I ended up uh, sleeping with those uh, <laughs> you know it's like yeah. I just have to sleep but mm-hmm. iPad but it was pretty cool iPad though. dangling in your yeah. face <laughs> yes. Yes. that's what I do yeah well we uh, we went to our brother and sister-in-laws in uh, Laporte and Laporte is apparently like the mecca of of fireworks huh. so they oh. have like the international firework yeah convention there and stuff anyway they canceled their fireworks which is like a big deal for the laportians Mm. so we sat in their front yard and every neighbor like took turns setting them off and we'd all cheer for each other so they'd set one off and we'd be like yeah (laughs) then we'd set off our two that we bought (laughs) you know that's awesome it was really cool it had a neat new like community aspect to it that we've not had before you know yeah it's cool yeah we were in martinsville illinois that's where Uh jc's from and we um, we didn't really again. There were a lot of little kids, so we didn't really do firework fireworks. But I ate pizza, which was great. So has it been a while since you've had pizza? Oh, we we were talking about it. We have not had pizza, um, JC or I, and she loves pizza. This mm. is a big deal for JC. It was like since like February. Oh, like wow. we had just not so eaten. You've pizza. taken like the COVID cancel. Yeah, on pizza. it was oh, a, that was amazing. <laughs> so so we ate pizza. Then we drove home, and we were driving home about 10 p.m. And it was looking over the city was awesome. Yeah. Just so cool. I don't know if you guys saw California. Did you see this? Mm. I didn't. So California banned fireworks. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's illegal to shoot them off. And then they have these shots over the city. <laughs> and there are so many fireworks going <laughs> off. It's amazing. Yeah. That's what it felt like driving home. And then everything was like a smoke pit the rest yeah. of the night. Yeah. Like yeah. we went on a walk through our neighborhood. It's like you barely see anything the whole time. It was pretty fun. Pretty That's cool. That's funny. Awesome. Well, I'm glad you brought up that you were uh, fasting from pizza. Yeah. Because um, the message this week was really cool about talking when you were talking about Ruth and just this whole idea of um, the meal that she has with Boaz and and being filled and being satisfied and all that. And so I'm just excited about digging that. Digging oh yeah, that today. I'm glad you were talking. <laughs> your, your transition <laughs> is we were talking about fasting. So let's talk about somebody who was satisfied when they eat. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. That's good. That's, That's funny. <laughs> It, it was it was striking to me. I mean, and I think I said this in the message too, just how much God loves to eat. Like, yes. like there's so many stories about like God just sitting down with his people and eating uh, and things yeah. like that. Jesus after his resurrection is like, hey, 
I'm hungry. Let's get some fish. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. going on. So, <laughs> I'd say that's a really cool thread throughout the scriptures. Oh, absolutely. We need to trace that. Absolutely. That's yeah. Cool. Definitely. That's next week. So we're going to get here. Chris <laughs> okay. is just going to walk yeah. through the, the theme of food, food throughout the entire Bible <laughs> <laughs> and where we see it weave through. Oh, oh man. man. Yep. Oh, well, let's get to Ruth. We're in chapter two this week, right? And um, last week we talked about how Ruth is uh, the daughter-in-law of Naomi, and um, they've been through some major hardship. All of the men in their life have passed, and so they're on their own, and that means so many things to them that they're basically destitute. They don't have anyone to um, care for them and to provide for them. Mm -hmm. Um, And so today um, we're going to get into this really cool um, understanding that the Hebrews have with each other that that those who are without can go and glean from a field. And so Ruth finds herself upon, just happens to <laughs> yeah. um, mm-hmm. land in the field of Boaz. So um, Chris, can you tell us a little bit about like what's going on here when she arrives at the field and what, what, you, uh, what you unpacked briefly for us on Sunday? Sure. Well, uh, you know what? The first thing is that she has this understanding about gleaning, you know, like the idea of like you mm-hmm. can go and glean along the edges of the field and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Now, that's definitely an Old Testament law. There's some speculation about like whether other countries, including Moab, had similar laws. And so mm-hmm. so it's hard to know whether like she got that from the Old Testament or like as she's learning about mm-hmm. about this new faith that she has. Yeah. You know, my, that's my assumption is that is that she sees like, you know, Oh, this is what God's people are supposed to be doing, and so and so she's really stepping out on faith, trusting that this is what God's people are supposed to do. So that was, that that was my take on it. Um, but I think it's 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 interesting, just the whole like gleaning thing because of how dangerous it was. Like uh-huh. like that was that was the whole thing. Like mm-hmm. like um, uh, there would be you know people would go out to 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 glean, and if you can imagine, it would be like. If there were too many people all trying to grab food at the same time, um, or, or or people would go out there to try to like take advantage of of women out there, mm-hmm. I mean, all, there would be all sorts of things that would be going on in the in the situation, and especially at the time of the judges. I mean, the time of the judges. Yeah. We talked about this last week, but like this is when um, at the very the very last line of the judges says, "In those days, there was no uh, king in Israel," and everyone did what was right in their own eyes, mm-hmm. which you know, never goes well. It never goes well. Yeah. <laughs> And so, so we see a lot of that kind of stuff going on. So this was Ruth really taking a risk, I think, really stepping out in faith, trusting mm-hmm. like, hey, God's people are going to do what they're, what they're supposed to be, you know, supposed, supposed to let me go and glean, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's a lot of that. It's the background for what's going and on. And I'm sure she's in survival mode. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's funny. And I almost said, she, and she got lucky, but Woody, if Woody Church was here, he would say, yeah. it's not luck. Right, God's providence. That's right. Yeah. Which is which is the point that you made is like there's almost kind of this joking tone around around you know oh she just so happened yeah. to to waltz and in they just so happened to be you know yeah, yeah. It, it's funny it's the 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 Hebrew there like in the ESV it says she happened to come to the part but the Hebrew there it's actually two words that that's like. Um, by chance, she by chance came to, <laughs> and it's like, why would he emphasize that twice? It's weird. And what so, had happened was, <laughs> yeah, it's like, That's nah. neat. yeah, I love that. So, tell us one thing about about the story that you just think is so cool, and it can maybe even be something you didn't get to dig into on Sunday. We love the little backstory stuff that we don't always have time for. You know, one, one of the things that really stood out to me that I couldn't talk about in the message was just the timing of all of this, because if you look at the very end of chapter one, um, it says that 
um, the very last line, Naomi returned and Ruth the Moabite, her daughter-in-law with her, who returned from the country of Moab, and they came to Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest. And um, this is really interesting because this actually coincides with uh, the Passover. Hmm. And, and so what you have there is Ruth and Naomi sort of have an exodus out of their old land into the promised land happening at the time of the Passover. Now, you go down to the end of chapter 2, and it ends, it gives you another date. It says, so she kept close to the young women of Boaz, gleaning until the end of the barley and wheat harvest. So now we get to the end of the barley and wheat harvest, and this is uh, exactly seven and a half weeks later, Mm -hmm. which is the day of Pentecost. Right, right around Pentecost. So what we, and the Pentecost is, was always the celebration of the first fruits. Ruth very much is a first fruit of this promise to redeem the Gentiles, like, mm-hmm. like a, an inclusion of the Gentiles into the covenant promise. And so, yeah. and so you have this kind of subtle picture in the timing of it all of Exodus and first fruits all happening in, in Ruth's story. You know, the more and more I read the Old Testament, I see there's so many moments where God is just giving a, a glimpse of what he's going to do with the Gentiles over and over and over yes. again. Yes, yeah. It comes up all the it's time. It's hard to miss. Yeah. And, yeah. And, it's, and that's what I think is so surprising, too, about like when you get to um, the New Testament and the Pharisees and how they're just like, no, it's just the Jews. It's just us. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, what, what's going on with the Pharisees at yeah. that point? Yeah. Like, how did they miss that? Yeah, I'm not going to act like I knew what you were just talking about. You know, but yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> like I just mean like 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 you know like it's not often that there's something that hidden in the text. Yeah. That when you put it together, you're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, I is, think God it's all the so time. Big. Yeah. Well, it is. It is all the time. But I'm just saying, like, hey, I had no idea about this one. So yeah, if you're listening was, yeah. to this and you're like, this is news to me. I'm like, yeah. Right. It was news to me cool. until last week. That I is really like, cool. I was like, that's what? pretty awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. Well, do we want to let's read this for our listeners? I can read it. You yeah, it's fine. Okay. Now Naomi had a relative of her husband's, a worthy man of the clan of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. And Ruth, the Moabite, said to Naomi, Let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain after him in whose sight I shall find favor. And she said to her, Go, my daughter. So she set out and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the clan of Elimelech. And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem, and he said to the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered, The Lord bless you. Then Boaz said to his young man, who was in charge of the reapers, Whose young woman is this? And the servants who was in charge of the reapers answered, She is the young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. She said, Please let me glean and gather among the sheaves after the reapers. So she came, and she continued from early morning until now, except for a short rest. A couple of things that really stood out to me in this, um, that again, stuff that we just didn't really get to get to talk about in the sermon. Um, so the, the, the first has to do with, like, um, the idea of uh, at the very beginning where he says that this is a worthy man of the clan of Elimelech. Mm-hmm. And we're going to dig into this a little bit more next week because um, – that that word chayil is there. That means that means worthy. But um, that word is used again in chapter three to describe Ruth. Mm-hmm. Now this is this is really really interesting to me. Okay. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna throw something out there that might blow people's minds a little bit. But um, when the Old Testament was originally put together, 
it was not in the order that we have it today. Ruth actually was in a different place in the Bible, okay? And where it was, was right after, instead of after the book of Judges, which is like more chronological for mm-hmm. us, they put it after the book of Proverbs. Um, and the reason is, is because of that word, hail. Um, uh, Proverbs 31 is the last chapter of Proverbs, and it ends with this idea of the woman of noble characters, the way that mm-hmm. um, the ESV puts it, that word is hail. It's describing this woman and and... And then they put Ruth after that in order to say, let me give you an example of who that Chayil is, like the, mm. the, the, the woman of noble character, the worthy woman. Mm. Um, and so, and I think what you see here, especially here in the beginning, is some of the attributes of that, like how at, at the end of verse 7, uh, it says that she continued from early morning until now, mm-hmm. except for a short rest. Um, she works hard, you know? Uh, she's not afraid of hard work, and she's not going to... Um, you know, take too much time to rest and things like that. She's going to, she's going to, she's going to work hard throughout the day. And I think that that's part of uh, what we see in Proverbs as well. Like how, um, yeah, that, that Chayil woman. Uh, well, and that's what uh, I was, you know, Chris, we were talking earlier this morning, but I was saying, you know, it's, I, we want to kind of steer away from reading the old Testament. Like everything is a character story, mm-hmm. you know? So like, okay, let's see how Joseph lived. Now, how can we live? And well, you know, Moses, he was like this. Now you go do this. Yeah. But this story does have a lot of, um, just good pictures of what does it look like to, um, live under the kingdom of God and to operate in a character that honors God yeah. and brings him glory yeah. um, that, that we don't want to miss, <laughs> you know, when we right. read this one that like, it's not just like go be Boaz, you know, right. or be faithful like Ruth, but there is a component where I think there's a lot of questions that come out of this. When you look at Ruth's character and you look at Boaz's character where you say, okay, like, do I run my business that way? Mm-hmm. You know, would I be willing to sacrifice to help someone if it hurts the bottom line, right? Mm-hmm. Or you right. know, there's just some interesting questions yeah. that pop up as you're reading this story that do kind of address this character aspect um, of who we are. So it's really interesting to find Absolutely. that it would have been placed towards Proverbs in that regard. And there's some and there's some pieces of this too. I mean, if you think about the backdrop of what's going on during Judges, which is just a terrible time, mm-hmm. you know, we don't live in a time that's too different from that. You know, mm-hmm. and so here's here's a um, a noble, worthy man, right? A Hail. <laughs> uh, a, a, a man and and a and a Hail woman who are living that way within the mm-hmm. context of of just kind of a terrible culture and and I think that just shows us it's possible yeah. <laughs> it shows us like like and 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 what's gained from it like I, I love verse four because you know I, and I was I was trying to think of like an old movie where where you have like the, the hero man come out and he's mm-hmm. just like the Lord be with you, you know, and he's like yeah. walking among his, his people and all of his workers, but they have such respect for him in the midst of that. And so, so I think, yeah, what you're saying too is like, you know, if, if, if we're a business owner and we have, we have employees, like do our employees come back and say, and actually wish us blessing mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you know, like, wow, what a, what an incredible person that must be to have that kind of respect from his workers. Right. And I think that what you said, Mitch, really helps me as a reader of the Bible to make a distinction that when I get come across a character study kind of, Mm -hmm. um, that I want to be more like that because of the faith and the joy they have in living out their love for 
for their savior, their yes, redeemer. That's you it. know, so we see this man Boaz coming in and he's filled with joy. I mean, yes, he's successful and he has probably bountiful amounts of, of what he needs. But you see just this joy that yeah. he is even taking to his his um, his workers and his servants and he's saying, you know, the Lord be with you in your work because this is fun. We get to do this together, you know, mm-hmm. and they respond, you know, the Lord bless you. May all of our work come back to fill your table, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, and so they are mutually just um, worshiping the Lord together in their work. Yeah. Yeah. I love the faith aspect of it. I mean, that's exactly, I think that's exactly it is that they are, and that, that's kind of the thing. I mean, we're going to talk about this this week with Ruth three, but like that's the whole thing of this is that faith actually needs to be played out in action. Like, mm-hmm. like it, it's not meant to just be something that we just internally believe and does not affect the way that we live. Yeah. But mm-hmm. you look at Ruth, you look at Boaz, and both of them exemplify a faith that's being put into action. Yeah. And, um, and man, what a, what a cool thing that is when you see it, when you see it work like this. So Absolutely. Yeah. I think about Ruth and what she must have been thinking like, you know, she she committed to Naomi with no end in sight of what will happen. She mm-hmm. that really is a an aspect of faith. Yeah. And I was just thinking this week of like of as she's working in this field, does she know how long she's going to have to do this? Does she know mm-hmm. how long she's going to have to live this way? Um, and how often are we in situations, you know, where we're like, I, have, I see no end in sight. You know, I'm working, 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 and I don't know how this is supposed to, to come out. Um, but I think that's where we can really, truly put this faith um, to work, is to start acting upon the joy that we have in just being um, being under the umbrella of the, the protection of our Redeemer. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. There's a lot of really good things to talk about this passage, and so uh-huh. we, we really jump. We jump to, like, talking about Boaz and his character, which is really good. But maybe if you weren't here on Sunday to, like, try to unveil some of the passage where it talks, where we really get a look into Boaz's character in this passage. Mm-hmm. So the next section of Scripture begins, and it talks about, um, this is Boaz talking to Ruth, and he says, Now listen, my daughter, do not glean in another field or leave this one, but keep close to my young women, let your eyes be on the field that they are reaping and go after them. Have I not charged the young men to not touch you? And when you are thirsty, go to the vessel and drink um, what the young men have drawn. And it continues on, but mm-hmm. there's just this like abundant blessing, kind of yeah. like you're saying, Ariel. So in faith, she goes to this field. And, and I think the best the best picture we could have of her perspective is that it was at least bleak, <laughs> that it wasn't yeah. good. You know, when she commits to Naomi, it's not like, ah, you know, like this could turn out really well. Like more likely than not, she's like, no, this is going to be a really hard life. As yeah. you talked about last week, she's committing to this life of, of mm-hmm. difficulty and struggle um, to be committed to her. But then she goes here and there's this picture where Boaz is just giving her, you know, blessings for no reason. Mm-hmm. Um, other than he's heard about her story, mm-hmm. you know, that's the only attachment that we have is that as Chris, what you were saying in your sermon is that like, this was probably the talk of the town, which is oh, what absolutely. he's alluding to. It's yeah. like, Oh, Hey, yeah, I, yeah. I've heard your story. This is why you're here. And then he puts out these blessings that just go above all standards, mm-hmm. um, to protect her. Um, and I think what's incredible, and we'll get to this a little bit later in the end is that like. Even Naomi sees this as a blessing from God. Mm-hmm. Like it's like it's this turning point where Boaz's actions, um, which are truly him in response, just living out the way that God wants him to, 
bring God glory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think would be something that we would hope for in all of our lives. But I think sometimes we think yeah. of our lives more detached than, than that. Yeah. We don't think of how our actions, the way that we interact in our business, the way that we run our families, our friendships, our relationships have the potential to bring God glory. Sure. Um, what you said just made me think of this whole story in a new light. So I'm sitting here, you know, I'm, I'm the connection structure here at Stones. And so I think often about how can we bring in the outsider and help them feel um, that they have a new family in Christ. And so I see this picture of Ruth, who's a Moabite, and Moab is an enemy, right, of, of the Israelites. And so Boaz is bringing her in. She's committed to a life of destitution and um, probably a lot of loneliness entering a land where they don't respect her and don't even see her as a, as a person or a citizen. And Boaz is basically bringing her into the family here. You just see her being welcomed in um, among his workers, being welcomed in to his table or allowed to eat with them, to drink with them. Um, and, and she just gets to kind of like be grafted in mm-hmm. to his flock mm-hmm, of people. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's so cool. That's such a good picture of the church and who we should be is we're welcoming people in. Um, who are outsiders because we were each Ruth at one point. Yeah, that that that's exactly what I was thinking. Like we we were always the one who was on the outside. We yeah. were we were the we were the 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 foreigner, the stranger, the one who was in rebellion against God. But but mm-hmm. but because God welcomes us, then we should also welcome others. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So so Chris, you know, you alluded to there's this bigger picture of that, which is with the the Jew, the Gentile. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's these this people outside of Christ, and they're being welcomed into the family of God. Here's yeah. a small taste of this, you know, foreshadowing of this promise that's going to yeah. happen. So there's cool. that piece, but then what you're talking about now is there's even this individual piece, yes, which is recognizing um, that we can model, uh, not model is probably not the right word, but we can live our faith out in such a way that it can bring somebody into the family of God because they recognize that God's the one who receives the glory. Yeah. yeah. You know, so it's it's not it's not just about morally doing the right thing. It now becomes actually about bringing God glory yeah. in whatever your actions are. It reminds me a lot of the uh, Rosario Butterfield story, mm-hmm. you know, because uh, mm-hmm. and and you may have heard her story before, but it was the idea of uh, she she was not a Christian, uh, she was in a homosexual relationship. Um and uh, and all, all sorts of other things, but she she ended up um, befriending a pastor and his wife who just invited her to dinner, and it was just mm-hmm. like, hey, just just come and and you know, and they didn't they didn't push anything necessarily on her. They just wanted to live out their faith with her and just and just love her and genuinely care for her. And as that relationship grew and developed, and and things in her life developed, she actually came to a place where she became a Christian. She uh, is now married, has has uh, married to a, a man, has children, mm-hmm. you know, all that stuff, and and um, and is writing books about her experience with this, and 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 it's just interesting how just genuine love and care for other people really does make a make that big of a difference. It mm-hmm. does in, I would call it um, almost like pre evangelism in a sense because it's opening the door to have the voice to speak to people mm-hmm. about the faith that we have, and and I think sometimes sometimes that's that's a really important step. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She calls it radical hospitality in um, her book is the gospel comes with a house key. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. really good. Highly recommend. 
So, so Chris, we've been talking about it, you know, kind of from the perspective of, you know, what examples we see from the character of both Ruth and Boaz, yeah. um, which I think is helpful. And I think that's, that's fair to the text, but you know, you, you really focused on, um, this, you raised this question at the end that I think kind of is a different perspective and to look at this passage, um, where you said in the field of your redeemer, there is abundant blessing why would you go anywhere else? Mm -hmm. So there's this picture of like, there is this story and there is some lessons that we can take, you know, um, from, you know, how we can model um, Christ and how we can live as image bearers and, you know, run our business and we can do these things or we can be faithful like Ruth. But there's even this broader picture of, okay, God is the Lord of the harvest. That's just kind of weaved through this entire book. Yeah. You know, passage one, you know, chapter one, you know, we're talking about how they leave the land because there's no there's no harvest. Mm-hmm. They go to another land. They come back, and there's abundant harvest. Yeah. And now it's this entire scene is built around this field. Yeah. You know, and so there's this bigger picture too, where we're asking ourselves, okay, what do, what do we do? What do we turn to when life is good? You know, do we trust ourselves? Do we do we trust God? Um, where what where where are we going? And you made this pitch to say that regardless of where you're at, go back to God because He's the Lord of the harvest. Yeah, right? yeah. that I thought was really powerful. So that kind of came from because um, I mean when when you teach through the Bible, you could take different angles on mm-hmm. it, and so certainly people could teach through that that angle of like look at Boaz as an example type of a thing. But I actually wanted to look at this chapter through the lens of Naomi. Um, because, yeah. because, you know, it, it's sort of funny, like when you look at the, that the whole book of Ruth, um, I'm, I wonder sometimes why it wasn't called Naomi because mm-hmm. Naomi mm-hmm. seems to be the one that, uh, like kind of the main, uh, character throughout the whole story of like, this is really about her redemption in a yeah. lot of ways, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so looking at it from her perspective, I thought was really interesting because what that did was, is it, it set up. Um, first of all, her brokenness and, and with everything that she had gone through, but then showed how uh, Boaz and Ruth um, and and what and this relationship that um, that they're that they that they established of just um, uh, of blessing during mm-hmm. harvest time, that all of that is going to then come back to just show Naomi that God is still with her. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. God is, God is not out to get her, but that uh, God is still. Um, God really still loves her. And, and she says that too. I mean, she, uh, when, when finally, uh, Ruth goes back to Naomi in verse 20, um, it's, it's, it's a fascinating thing that she says, she goes, may he, so he's talking about Boaz, may he be blessed by the Lord. And then it says, whose kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. And, and that's clearly talking about God, that Mm -hmm. she's, she's referring to him as saying, God's kindness has not left me, has not forsaken me. Is that word kindness? Is that chesed again? Chesed. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So chesed is the 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 the. the Wait, w- I can't do it like you. Yeah. <laughs> chesed. chesed. Yeah. Chesed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Both of the Hebrew words that I talking about is both start with that sound. So it's chesed and you chayil. crush it up there. You totally <laughs> you did. Just crush. Yeah, we're so proud. So, but but no, chesed is the this this word for God's covenant faithful love yeah like mm-hmm. I mean we mostly see it in the uh, in the context of of the love that God has for his people it's so, so interesting here too that um, she's talking about Boaz's kindness oh wait wait yep may he be blessed by the Lord 
whose mm-hmm. kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. And so she's right. even thinking on behalf of her deceased her family de- members, Exactly. Right? Like yeah. the, the, that there's this potential redemption that's going to be coming for uh, Elimelech because yeah. Boaz, she knows Boaz to be a redeemer. Which, what so. a faithful thing, because if, if Elimelech left out of unfaithfulness, if he did, I, I think that we we see that in the text if you are putting two and two together, that he didn't feel probably that there would be um, enough for him in Bethlehem. So he leaves, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so if he's unfaithful and leaves out of mistrust for the Lord, the, the Lord was always faith, faithful to him and is, is going to... Um, doesn't forsake them. Still. Yeah, stays doesn't with forsake them. them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that, that is so indicative of our own experience too, that, that the Lord truly is never going to forsake us, never going to leave us. We're the one that walks away from him. Yeah. And just like, so Elimelech, you know, he walks away from the covenant promise, from mm-hmm. the, from the promised land, from, from everything. He walks away from it all because of the famine that comes. Um, and I think about that, it, you know, sometimes people ask me about like, um, their own experience with this, like, Hey, um, Chris, I think I need to get baptized again is mm-hmm. one, one question I get somewhat often. And I'm like, no, look, you don't need to be rebaptized because, if you were baptized, you know, you, you were baptized once and let's say you, you walked away, you, you ended up, you know, going down some other road mm-hmm. and then you're coming back to faith in Christ. Look, you may have walked away from the Lord, but the Lord has never walked away from you mm-hmm. through that whole time. And that's the point. Yeah. Like we don't need to be rebaptized because because God is is the one that's faithful to us. So. And I think that's what we see with Naomi, and we yeah. see her start to understand this, um, even in the unveiling of the, her narrative, you yeah. know, the story. So it's like back in chapter 1, um, verse 21, she says, I went away full, and the Lord has brought me back empty. Mm-hmm. Why call me Naomi when the Lord has testified against me and the Almighty has brought calamity upon me? Right. And then you read this part in chapter 2, and it's like this is a clear reference to she is saying – she is referencing – herself also when she says that God's not forsaken the living or the dead. Yeah. 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 So it's like, you just basically said God forsake you. And now you're understanding how he has it. Yeah. Um, that is, but, and it's like his promise is still true for you. I so. was reading ahead, which I can't help but do. <laughs> um, nobody ever adopts her, her name, Mara. No one ever calls her Mara. Yeah. Yeah. And I true. just think this is such a neat way to maybe think about like, um, you know, her outcome, it never stays where she thought she was going to be. Like, she mm-hmm. thought that she was marred for life and bitter and that she would stay there. And her whole, all of her people and the Lord are faithful to her right. and bring her out of that pit. And I, I just think that's amazing. I'm so glad that we have um, a community around us who yeah, and I think that's, us to that I think that's incredible hope for, yeah. for people who may be struggling right now, you yeah. know, that, that if we're going through really difficult circumstances, recognizing that the Lord is always faithful to us in the midst of those circumstances, I think is, is the key to our hope, yeah. um, that God's not out to get us, yeah. and God's not trying to punish us. It was Christ that took the punishment mm-hmm. on the cross. It wasn't He's not, he's not punishing us. He's not going to punish twice for the same sin, you mm-hmm. know? And so if Jesus took that punishment, then all that God is doing, if you're going through some difficult circumstances, then really what God is doing is he may be uh, providing discipline in your life to draw you back to himself uh, in some ways. He, he, he may be just trying to teach you something in the middle of this stuff, but he's not 
punishing you. You know, mm-hmm. he's he's um, he's working in the midst of it because he loves you. Yeah. So 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 back to your application. Mm-hmm. You know, then so it's like we don't run away from God mm-hmm. in times of trial. You know, that, that that doesn't really get us anywhere. Yeah. The world the world doesn't have anything for us. It just brings calamity upon us. Mm-hmm. Right. You know. Right. We run towards God. You know, and so when life is good, it's like well. Keep, you know, thank God for your blessing. Yeah. You know, understand what is the source of the blessing in your life. Mm-hmm. When things are, str- when you're struggling in life, life and things are hard, it's go back to God because he's the Lord of the harvest. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, it's, we've kind of talked a lot about the examples in this podcast that are in this story. And it's like, Naomi is one of those examples where it's like, man, like, try to recognize the truth sooner, (laughs) you know, like, (laughs) like it's like recognize that God always has been faithful. Uh And in the narrative, the unfaithfulness is always the part of man, you know, either running away from God, not trusting in God, coming back, not trusting him. You know, um, even when you talk about Ruth going in here, it's like, you know, there's kind of a warning of like, is this the right thing for her to do? But it's like, you know, God is protecting her. And that doesn't mean that we're not going to experience trial. We're not going to experience hardship. And, you know, we're not going to run into difficulty after difficulty. And believe me, I know there are people that are probably listening that like, I do trust God. I am leaning into him in faith and things keep getting harder, you know, harder and harder and harder. Right. And it's like, well, again, it's like trust that God, you know, just as we said for the last you know, four or five weeks, or this is probably 10 weeks ago, God is the Lord of the storm. Mm-hmm. It's like God is the Lord of the harvest, yeah. you know, and we and we should trust in him and we should abide and we should go back to him no matter where we find ourselves sitting. Yeah, that there's a reason for the, that's the thing. It's like, there's a reason for the things that, that we're going through. And I think that we can trust God in his goodness, that mm-hmm. whatever it is that we're going through, that there's, that there's a good reason for it. So um, not to just not to just think like, oh, this is just something that's randomly happening to me. You know, fate fell on me this way type of a thing. I mean, that's not just not how the way the world works. Mm-hmm. Um, so, anyway. You know, um, on, the, on the other side of the scales, this blessing that a lot of us are sitting in, you even talked about people who are feeling like their lives are going really well right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to feel guilty about that. Look right. at what God did through Boaz and his blessing. Um, and that's that's what we can do is just spill it over onto mm-hmm. those around us. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think we need more of that. Yeah. Like we definitely need more of that as a church is um, not just our church, but like the church mm-hmm. in the world. Universal, we, sure. Yeah, we need more people who, you know, who are just experiencing the abundant blessing and provision of God and just saying like, let me help to show people how God is good, mm-hmm. um, how we can how we can display that to other people. Yeah. I, I think, I, I think we just need more of that. I think, um, and it's, and it's, it's hard, it's risky, um, because it's, it means, you know, maybe putting your reputation on the line. It mm. means maybe putting your, your social status on the line, you know, mm. things like that. But I, but I think, I think if we recognize that the kingdom of God is the priority mm-hmm. over everything in this world, then we, then we definitely need to take that risk. Yeah. Yeah. And there's this eternal perspective to it too. Right. You know, I was just thinking for those that, you know, maybe you're going through a physical issue right now. It's like, well, there's this promise of a new body. Yeah. You know, there's this, there, even if your trial does not end on this side of heaven, you know, in Christ, there is redemption. You know, there is, there is a world where all things are made new, yeah. you know, and, um, that's, you know, that's the promise that we have in Christ. Yeah. Um, so we get a taste of the blessing on this side of heaven, but ultimately all things will be fulfilled 
um, in Christ in eternity. And yeah. I think I think that's the that's the perspective that you have across the board. Is if you have an eternal perspective, you don't hold your riches so tightly. Mm-hmm. You know, it's easier for Boaz to recognize that God is the Lord of this harvest, and He can give everything over freely because he knows it's God's. It's eternal. <laughs> you know, it's not about him building up his kingdom or passing it down the line. It's 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 an eternal perspective, but yeah. the same way that it's like even when we're experiencing hardship, it's like this is temporary, mm-hmm. you know, as Paul says, but but it it does not, you know, outweigh the eternal blessing um, that we have in Christ. Exactly. And that and that's why that's why I really wanted to ask that question, like why would you want to go anywhere else? Yeah. Like it, when we really have our priorities in line, it doesn't make sense <laughs> to turn anywhere else but to Christ. So, um, so yeah, we, we, we just reading ch- through chapter two, that was the biggest thing I think that struck me was just like, I mean, he's asking her, don't, don't look in another field. Don't go anywhere else. But I'm like, why would she want to? Like this, mm-hmm. this is yeah. just mm-hmm. way too amazing, mm-hmm. you know? And I love how you wound up the end of your message with, um, with just the rest of what it means to live this life. Oh, yeah. And yeah. out of God's covenant faithfulness of just living and resting in that and how the Christian life, um, while, yes, we go through trials and sufferings, it, it's, it's easy because of the yoke being mm-hmm. easy. Yeah. We may need to dig into that a little bit. I, I, I will say this. This is something that I think is, is somewhat new to me. I, I, don't, mm-hmm. I don't know that I completely have my mind wrapped around all of that yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so one, I think it's very clear in the text. You know, you have this idea of, you know, they're throwing those, those barley uh, bundles out or whatever, and you just, just pick them up and, and things like that. It's like, okay, there's something going on there. But then you get the ties to the idea that Jesus says, my, my, uh, my burden is easy, my yoke is light, or I said that backwards. Yep, anyway, uh, <laughs> but, but you know what's, what's, what I think is just fascinating about it is, because I, I, I think at the very least it's talking about the idea that our salvation is not by anything that we do, but it is fully provided for us by, by mm-hmm. Christ and Christ alone. But I think there's even a spillover of that into the Christian life itself where the, uh, it's almost like the, the work that, that we do for the kingdom of God is aided by the Holy Spirit. Like mm-hmm. um, that the, the, you know, if we're going to go and tell someone about Jesus that that the Holy Spirit is working in their heart and, and maybe even has been already preparing mm-hmm. their heart for you to go and talk with them so that you're not really trying to convince them as much as telling them about the Lord and giving them the opportunity to, to respond, you know? And so it's not, um, you don't have to have all the answers when it comes mm-hmm. to that sort of thing. You just have to be faithful to just telling them what you know, you know, and, and just telling them like, hey, this is, this is what the Lord has done for me, number one, but, but more than that, like, uh, this is the gospel. Jesus, he went to the cross and died in my place. And he did that for you too, you know? And God does the work, you know? It's, it's not like, it's not like we got to like argue them into heaven. That yeah. never works. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. So it's almost in every scenario. I want to say it's, it's a constant reminder to release control, but what you're really doing is you're recognizing that God is in control, right? Mm-hmm. you know, in, in every scenario. You know, if it's sharing with somebody, if it's a trial that you're facing in your life, if it's, you know, a decision to buy a new home or not. And I, I don't want to get so in the small details, but it's just this rec- recognition. It's almost like this operating system that says that God is the Lord over what I am doing. Yeah. And I trust God yeah. with it. I don't trust myself. Right. You know, and I think we have a tendency 
to kind of lean into ourselves for some things and to give other, other things over to God, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just, this, it's this operating system of saying that we are going to lean into God and trust him. Um, if we find ourselves in blessing or if we find ourselves in hardship. Yeah. And I think as we're trusting th- like, and, and really like leaning into what God has done for us and what he's yeah. continuing to do for us, that actually leads to a life of rest. Like mm-hmm. it leads to a life of just sort of peace and contentment and, and, uh, there's no, there, there, there isn't anything to worry about in that. Yeah. Know? We talked about this one time. I forget what it was. We were talking about a, a, someone was preparing for a sermon and sometimes we do run throughs on Thursdays right. when someone's preaching. And, and I remember I, I kind of had this picture in my mind as they were giving their sermon and they were, it, it, it's as if sometimes I feel like people come to church, they have this book bag with all their burdens on and they take the book bag off for a couple hours. They remind themselves of God's blessing that he's Lord. They submit themselves to him, all these things. And then it's like they put the book bag back on and they go back and they live their life. And then all week they're carrying this book bag that's give, causing them massive back pain, you yeah. know? And the reality is it's like God wants us to release those struggles over to him because he can carry them for us, right. you know? And he wants us to entrust those things to him and not just feel like for a couple hours we're going to say we trust God and the rest of the week we're going to do it on our own, mm-hmm. you know? it's this, And that's, again, one of the reasons I love this story because it is an example of submitting to God that's outside of like the four walls of a church, you know, or something or how to love God more. Here's the truth about God. It's like, no, there's this example of trusting God with all that he's given you, you know? And so I I don't know. It's just like, I just, that, I remember that day when that person was preaching, I was like, I just want people to leave the book bag. Yeah. Like leave it at the cross and go live your week in freedom. You know, what's a, a more appropriate um, visual there is that God's holding onto the book bag and we're just like, yeah. We just keep holding it too. And we're yeah. like, I want it. Yeah. Yeah. But he's holding it. And so I just, I don't know. There's just, a, there's this piece of whatever you're going through, whatever burden you're walking in, whatever struggle it is, it's like, go back to God. Yeah. Yeah. I think a, another good visual of that. Um, and I, I think that we were talking oh, about this. This is actually, I just, I ripped it off. So go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Do tell. But, but I, <laughs> I, I love this because that, that's what reminded me. Um, but that it's almost like, rock climbing. Okay. And so, uh, if you, if, if, if you've ever been rock climbing, you know how, um, you know, when you start out, you're wearing a harness, you're wearing a rope and things like that. But then they, they have this thing called like free solo where you just go and you climb on, on the Such rock. a good movie. Oh, that was a good movie. Yeah. yeah. The documentary is awesome. So, so sometimes I think we approach the Christian life, like, all right, I got to climb this mountain and mm. nothing's holding me to the wall. And so we try to climb, we try to climb, we try to climb, and we're scared, so we don't take another step. We, we, get, you know, we get tired, we get mm-hmm. freaked out and stuff like that. But then what, we do, what we're doing there is we're failing to recognize that God actually has us tethered to the wall. Like, mm-hmm. like, like even if we did let go and fall, that God's not going to let us fall and mm-hmm. that he's helping us up along the way. You know, like, like he's actually mm-hmm. giving us this support, this, so, so that we can actually just rest in that. And, and then the fear is taken out of it. There's enjoyment in it. Mm-hmm. You know, all of it, all of that seems to come together in, in that. So, yeah. Love it. <laughs> Love it, too. Well, friends, this is, um, this is such a cool book. And it's just a taste of what the whole scripture is about, you know, of God's faithfulness and his covenant faithfulness. And, um, and I think it's beautiful that he is um, working this out through two women who seem insignificant, but 
but he's working out a story and a lineage that leads to Christ. Mm -hmm. And we'll get to that more and more as this series goes on. And um, Chris, I just want to tell you that you're doing a great job. We we didn't grill you. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. It's, It's been really fun. Well, thank you guys for being here with us on the podcast this week. We'll look forward to next week where we're going to take off with chapter three and find out what happens between Boaz and Ruth. And we are looking forward to Sunday. So we will see you back on the Sunday recap.